0: Spirit Podcast. If you're here for the first time but you love or you're curious about spearfishing, then you're in exactly the right place. Uh, the Noobster Podcast is interviews with spearing experts, authorities, and characters from around the world. Today's episode was recorded aboard the Eastern Voyager on the sun- Southern Great Barrier Reef, particularly the Capricorn Bunker Group. This is aboard uh, an Adreno Charter, uh, which I can highly recommend. If you want to check out some of the details, go to adreno.com.au. Check out the Capricorn Bunker Group trips. I've got a bunch of them coming up. Uh, there's one in December, the back end of this year. There's also a whole bunch coming up in 2022. Highly recommend these trips, and uh, you'll see why um, when you, we get into today's two part interview. Uh, I interview a bunch of sparrows. The first sort of part of the interview is with uh, four guys who are heading out more or less. In, in their very early days. Uh, one guy for the very first time, um, three of them for sort of circling back maybe their second or third time sort of out, but still relatively inexperienced guys. And we just want to get hold of some of the anxieties, expectations, and talk about that before um, we really hit the water. And uh, the back half of this episode is very much an adults-only <laughs> uh, joke fest with uh, Trevor Taylor. Amy and Luke, and we have an absolute blast just chatting about some of the goings on and the trip. I believe it was day three when we got to it. But anyway, um, enjoy today's episode. Um, If you want to check it out, adreno.com.au, check out their Capricorn Bunker Group trips. 99 spare recipes. These are actionable, simple meals for the everyday diver. This is a crowdsourced cookbook. From you guys, the spearfishing community, and basically, there's more than 140 recipes in this book. The some of the photography is absolutely jaw-dropping. The recipes that mostly uh, require less than 30 minutes prep time and not a lot of equipment. You don't have to be some super awesome chef. This this book is designed to help you access some uh, some some more recipes and get out beyond your comfort zone. Really start uh, upping your chefing game, like you are trying to up your spearing game. So check it out. Um, that campaign goes live on the seventh. Seventh of November and there are some very short run reward levels like where there's very limited spots and that's because wanted to give opportunity to you guys, the you know the loyal listeners, the the frothing community, to get in and get first dibs on some of the coolest rewards at the best prices. So check it out at noobspare.com forward slash 99recipes and it'll redirect you to the Kickstarter campaign, 99 Spare Recipes, actionable, simple meals for the everyday diver. Get in on it. Boom. Um, I'm frothing thing. I can't wait till this thing launches. Eckhart and I are running a freediving course in Melbourne, December 9th and December 11th. The 9th will be an online theory session ran via Zoom. Eckhart and I will be teaching you all the basic fundamentals of a PADI level one freedive course and uh, having a good old discussion. Eckhart's, I'm really um, grateful to be doing, running these courses with Eckhart because uh, for me, it's awesome to work along someone um, super experienced because this is the first course that I'm running and uh, I'd love it if you could get in and join me. Um, the 11th is pool, di- pool diving in the morning and then in the afternoon we're heading out for a boat dive in Port Phillip Bay. It's a great way to... Get, get going in the underwater world. I mean, I think the cray season opens up one week later there in Melbourne, so it's a really good opportunity to get in, get some safety basics, learn the physiology, and get comfortable in the water, hopefully get you down and uh, into some depth, ready to start chasing some Melbourne Crays. So check that out at saltsessions.com.au. Register for that course, December eleventh, 9th and 11th. Um, Luke emailed me. He is the breadwinner for... They're the main breadwinner for his family, and I don't want to get into his personal details, but uh, he's had had a pretty rough trot, and he's asking me about life insurance. You know, particularly as a, as a sparrow and as as possibly the breadwinner for your family, wanting to know that they're supported um, should the worst possible scenario happen in your spearfishing. Uh, you, you want to know that your family's got an income and that they are going to be looked after. And he had some queries about what is the best life insurance for Spiros, w- particularly in Australia. But I would love to hear from you guys, whether you're in the US or New Zealand or Great Britain, um, what are the best life insurance options for Spiros in your area? If you have some ideas or some expertise in this, please email me, shrek at I'll hand that information on to Luke, and I might possibly have a larger conversation about it on the podcast in the future because I think it's an important one, and he highlights a clear need um, in the community. So thanks for that, Luke. Uh, Also, Campbell. He is a patron listener. Now, patrons support the Noob podcast on an episode-by-episode basis. I've got nearly 50 patrons helping to support the podcast. I'm extremely grateful, and today I just wanted to shout out to one. Campbell says, hey, Shrek, loving the podcast, dude. Feel like I'm learning every time I listen. That's why I joined up on Patreon. I'm originally a Kiwi from the mighty Waikato and never really thought about sparing an NZ, but always had an itch for fishing that I could never really scratch. Since moving to Oz in 2016, my fishing has got a lot better. My flatmate... Uh, has always been a Spiro and I tried it once with shit biz and gear and honestly I had a pretty rough time and didn't enjoy it but once COVID hit he got out there his flatmate condom into going out again he shot a first uh, his first ever barely legal trevally and became hooked he's gone out and bought all the gear he lives in Windang um, Campbell mate thanks for your shout out thanks for your support on patreon.com forward slash new it's awesome to have guys like you writing in messages like that it's what keeps me going um, stories, guys have a listen to this quick message here From one of the Spiro Chef contributors to 99 Spiro Recipes, I really want you to get in on this project. But if you go to noobspiro.com and you want to leave me a message about a near miss you've had, a new bit of gear you're using, a funny moment, by all means do so. Go to noobspiro.com, find Nooba Stories, and record me a voice message to include in the podcast just like this one.
1: Hey, Noob Spiro Tribe. My name is Yanni Barthelmas, and I submitted several recipes to the 99 Spiro Recipes book. I really love the 99 Spearos concept. I think as a spear fisherman, we've got an opportunity to be selective about what we take. And a book like this showcases recipes that use more than just a trophy fish, you know, more than just snapper and kingfish and and fish like that. You know, you'll see things like ludric or, or goatfish or leather jackets or, you know, sea urchins and things like
2: that. I encourage every spear fisherman to head to noobspiro.com backslash 99recipes and get yourself a copy. It'll be an amazing resource for our entire community.
0: If you want to leave a voice message just like that one, go to noobspiro.com, find the Noob Stories section and leave me a voice message. Shout-out to Honky Outdoors, Ben, at H-O-H-N-K-E Outdoors on Instagram or you can go to honkyoutdoors.com.au. Has got a – oh, sorry, it's honkyoutdoors.com, not .au – Uh, check that out he's got a brand new rub it's for all your hunting you can rub it on meat you can rub it on fish this thing is absolutely banging it's great on wings check it out at honky outdoors um thanks for your recipes for the book as well but hey i want to get into this episode sorry for the longer intro today but i had heaps of news to tell you as i mentioned capricorn bunker group let's get into it with these guys i hope you enjoy it Precision engineered tools for the family jewels, Noob Spiro thanks Manscaped, and so should you, I thank Manscaped. Everyone in my life thanks Manscaped. Because I have got clean goodness down there. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NoobSpero. One word at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use the code NoobSpero. Unlock your confidence. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Men, if you've been shaving with the same nut trim on your face, you've been doing it all wrong. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth. Go to Manscaped.com use the code NoobSpiro. In 2014, Neptonics combined forces with spearfishing solutions and relocated its headquarters to Tampa, Florida. They now sell to over 60 countries worldwide with brick-and-mortar stores in Florida, Santa Cruz, and Long Beach, California. Take advantage of the Noob10 discount code to save 10% on all orders. Shop with Neptonics.com. It's solid gear that works, equipment you can rely on. Neptonics is the one-stop shop for all your spearfishing essentials. Free shipping on all orders, over $99 in the USA, Use the code Noob10 to save 10% off your order as well. Visit neptonics.com, save 10% with the code Noob10. I can't wait to get into today's episode brought to you with proud partner adreno.com.au The Noob Sparrow podcast has been partnering with adreno.com.au for more than 100 episodes and these guys are awesome they have uh, huge spearfishing mega stores all over the country you can shop online or in store use the code Noob Sparrow whenever you spend more than $200 and you will automatically save $20 that's right use the code Noob Spiro online or in store when you spend more than $200 and save $20 I love these guys I remember the first time I bought a spear game at adreno.com.au, down at the Gabber store, and Adreno have been a huge part of the excitement that I have about spearfishing. Check them out at adreno.com.au. Use the code Noobspero to save. G'day, Noobspero community. Shrek here. We are aboard the Eastern Voyager. I'm surrounded by four fine gentlemen, Uh, one who's absolutely hilarious and came up with a great nickname for me yesterday. Uh, Oh, today, sorry. Uh, Alcohol's making me slip a bit. But um, we're aboard the Eastern Voyager. We're heading out to the reef. We're going to go spearfishing tomorrow. Um, These three guys, we've got three guys and I've got Wayne Judge to my left. Three guys fairly inexperienced. Two of them have some diving experience. One of them has absolutely zero. All three of these guys are team members for Adreno in various capacities. Uh, Wayne, who's also a salesman at the uh, uh, Wollongabba Adreno store, he, put, he doesn't like being cool. He frowned then when I called him a salesman, but that's exactly what he does. He sells people spearfishing gear. Even if they don't want it, he sells it hand over fist. It's fantastic to have you guys with us. Wayne, introduce yourself briefly for people
2: not familiar with you. Hi there, Wayne Judge. Yes, I do work at the Adreno store. I do sell the odd spear gun and a little bit of material. But you know what I do is I make a quality spear. Experience, that's what I do at Adreno and that's always what I thought i do is I take someone who's ready for an experience and I introduce them to what a quality experience is and that's what we're doing here is we're actually going to take these new guys and if I've got some things I can help them with to get them to a better experience over these next six days in the Great Barrier Reef, I will.
0: Cool, thanks Wayne. So we're going to start off with Ryan. Uh, Ryan, how old are you? Where are you from? And what's your experience with spearing?
3: Yeah, uh, Ryan, I'm 33 now. Um, I have zero experience. I've done a bit of snorkeling, but never really done free diving. Definitely haven't done any spear fishing before. Lots of line fishing before. Um, yeah, pretty excited for the trip and
0: keen to learn as much as I can. Cool, sorry, we've got a a wee bit of background noise. We're we're surrounded by a bunch of other people also headed out spearing tomorrow as well. We've got the the noise of the boat as well. Um, But next we've got Jack. Jack, a a bit about you and where you're from and your spearing experience.
4: Yep, so my name's Jack. Uh, My spearing experience is pretty limited. I've done one of these dive trips before, um, but yeah, shot a few fish. I got myself a trout, a few sladies, some parrotfish, Probably maxed out at about 10 meters. So, yeah, still very much a novice, but um, enjoying it nonetheless. And yeah, my experience lies more in the realm of sort of surfing. So, I'm comfortable in the water, but um, the underwater side of things is something that's still pretty new to me. So, yeah, these sort of trips are a really good opportunity for me to sort of exploit the experience of other people within Adreno and people like our uh, old Trek over here from Noobs Bureau. And yeah just keen to pick up on as much as I can.
0: Jack, it's great to have you with us, and you are fantastic in, uh, in Harry Potter, obviously, as Ron Weasley, so um, <laughs> awesome. Uh, just over to you, Geordie, Jordy, <laughs> Jordy uh, where are you from, mate, and how long have you been spearing?
5: Uh, g'day, so uh, I'm from Queensland, and uh, I've only been spearing for probably the last few months now. Um, I went out uh, with a couple of mates from Adreno-Brizzy, uh, shot my first fish, um am sitting about 10 metres of water, uh, which is pretty awesome. Um, my background's mainly scuba diving, um, so I spent a lot of time instructing and, uh, you know, playing with bubbles in the water. Um, and, yeah, a bit of background in surfing and all of that sort of stuff as well.
0: Cool. Well, as you guys are all probably familiar, Wayne's been um, teaching freediving and spearfishing for a number of years. Uh, he's a very experienced guy at the Brisbane store. If anyone is in the local area, they're always stopping and chat to Judgy. Who also runs the Brisbane Bull Sharks. So you guys are a little bit sport. You're going to be in the water with him tomorrow. I'll get him to run through sort of his advice and expectations, I guess, for how you guys are going to conduct tomorrow morning session.
2: Okay. Yeah. So have got a little bit of a plan here, and look, this is not going to be a free diving lesson or anything like that. This is actually going to be spear fishing. We're not going to the coral reef to go down and see how deep we can dive, or anything like that. We're going to go there, and we're going to target fish that we can eat. And uh, what we're going to do, really, is that uh, we're going to get in the shallows, probably five metres to start off with, and we're going to just, uh, just, first of all, make sure you can get off the surface, okay? That is the important thing. Now, there's one thing that I want you to understand, and that is the way to get fish is you've got to find out their weakness. Now, a good example here is a coral trout, it's weakness, it's a brazen fish, it'll stand there and look at you, it feels like it owns the reef. Uh, if you chase it, yeah, it'll run away, but if you actually look at it and disregard it a little bit, it'll let you get close enough for a shot, in many cases. So. That's its weakness. So the idea is you've got to start looking for the weakness of the fish, okay? Now, a lot of fish have a common weakness, and we're going to practice this a lot, and we're going to get used to you guys doing it. And the weakness is if you can get off the surface and lie on the bottom for a certain amount of time, you probably need 20 seconds because a fish will forget that you're this big, black, ugly shape that comes off the surface... When you're lying on the bottom, especially if you sort of put a bit of your body behind a rock or a little bit behind a weed or something like that, and um, you make a little bit of action that are, makes the fish think that somehow you could be a feed for them. Now, these are the things you do. You throw a bit of sand up, or you grunt. You know, a noise in the back is like,
6: <laughs>
2: yeah, there are some different ways of grunting, Okay. And then um, there's one other here, rubbing rocks on the bottom, you know, that's another thing that you can do, all to try and attract the fish's attention.
0: So to interrupt, Wayne, um, who will be your first boaty or skipper? And these techniques you're talking about, are you going to model them to the guys so they can sort of observe and then sort of rinse and repeat what it is you're showing them?
2: Yeah, look, if we... uh, find a place uh, with uh, that we can anchor, we'll probably throw an anchor down and it'll be out of the current and we'll just have a little play around there. It may only be half an hour or something like that. I'm not sure even if we're going to be onto fish doing that. But the idea is to just get the action of being able to go down the bottom. Now, you see, what you have to do is you have to sort of dev- dev- develop this calm spirit because if you can go down there calm without using huge amounts of thrashing, You're going to get to the bottom and you're going to find you've got a bit of breath. Now, that's key. So now you've got to lie there and just do a small action, which is what attracts the fish. Cool. I want to go
0: to the guys for a sec. Um, On a scale of like apprehension, somewhere between nervousness and excitement, what score would you give yourselves out of 10 and how would you sort of um, state your... You know like your readiness for this so we're going to ryan first
3: yeah so with regards to the being calm piece i feel pretty confident with that i feel like i'll be too focused to get excited or you know freak out or whatever it is i'll be i'll be too busy trying to put everything together um from a couple of bits and pieces i've been told over the last few months so I'm not too anxious about that piece. I'm, I'm pretty confident that I'll be all right to sort of swim down and sit on the bottom for a bit and just sort of relax down there for a little while. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident about that.
0: Cool. What, what's your estimate on your breath hold for tomorrow? What do you think you're going to be holding your breath for? How long?
3: That is something I'm very keen to learn. I've done um, some of those free diving apps, you know, the, yeah, yeah. the training, training tables that they have. Uh, I was surprised at how well I did, but... I don't know, it's wildly different here in the water, I can imagine, so I've I've got no uh, expectations at this stage.
2: You will find it's different, but the sooner you actually start practising with real sand, real coral, real water around you, the sooner you start calming down even more, and that's what you're after. But taking training and translating it into the seat sometimes there's a little struggle, you know, know, there's a lot of other things get involved. The only mistake you do is not actually persevering and making it work, you know. So, uh, yeah, but that's good. It's good what you've actually been doing.
0: And we're going to go to Geordie. Geordie, um, on that scale, that 1 to 10 scale, sort of nervousness, apprehension slash excitement, because it's all in one, is is that, uh, what score would you give yourself and how would you sort of um, state your uh, state?
5: (laughs) Uh definitely, definitely probably sitting up around the high eights to nines. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited, like just being surrounded by so many um, talented Spiros and um, the amount of experience that's on this boat. Um, for me, it's all about learning and just trying to figure out the best technique for myself and how to learn from everyone else on this boat. Um, so I'm super excited. I'm definitely nervous. Um, I don't want to pop off the first thing that I see, but it'll probably happen, Um my uh, bottom time at the moment, you know at around 10 meters was anywhere from 40 seconds to about a minute. so nice, nice. Um, I was pretty happy with that. Yeah. Um, but I think for me at the moment it's just about knowing how my body recovers and not yeah. overdoing it. So um, as I said, it's all about learning for me, so I can't wait for that.
0: Cool man, it sounds like you' you've done some good prep for it and it sounds like you've you've been quite thoughtful about where you're at. And I would just stress for you to just relax, definitely on your first few dives. You're going to have a ball, man. Yeah, man, I can't wait. All right, we're going to go to Jack. And uh, I don't think Jack's got much to add. Uh, I almost don't even want to ask him his opinion. Um, This is probably nothing like Hogwarts. Um, Sorry, mate. But um, on that same scale from 1 to 10, how does this stack up next to the school of magic and wizardry?
4: all right well uh i'm gonna ask for a little more respect if you want me to stay on the podcast just to start off with uh yeah yeah (laughs) anyway so back on topic um look i'd say i'm similar to the other guys there's somewhere between apprehensive and excited but more on the excitement side of things i think for me it's just overcoming that initial barrier of sort of the nerves playing into that first couple of dives where you're just getting back into the groove of things Of typically had some issues with equalization. And that's definitely one of the key things I want to work on. So for me, it's just going to be getting those first few dives out of the way, getting comfortable again. Um, and yeah, I, I'd say with my my breath hold, look, I'd probably be around the 42nd mark at best. Like it's something I need to work on. But I think that's just something that's going to come with nerves um, and just getting comfortable.
2: Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I Actually, uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow because... You've all got a lot of good potential. <clears throat> so as we're looking at, the, the thing you're looking for is the weakness in the fish that allows you to get your spear into it. Now, the fish, you're lying on the bottom, throwing the sand up. You've got a stack of them that this is really works well with. And this is the ones like Spangled Emperor, Jobfish, uh, Redthroat, Throat, uh, Grassies. You've got so many of them that do that. So to not do it, is a mistake. So, and to learn it early, and to get that comfortable with that, that is really good thing to do. So, we're going to get the <laughs> basics of that down until you're quite comfortable. You're lying down, you're doing this activity, and once you have got that going, we're going to rip out to a bit deeper, back out to about ten meters, and then we'll work out we'll work out some safety things and things like that, so that uh, everyone's watching and keeping an eye on each other, and go from there.
0: Can I just rephrase Wayne? So it sounds like you're, you're going to find a spot maybe out of the current. Um, you're going to anchor up. You guys are all going to jump in. You're going to take them to sort of between five and ten meters, and you're going to you're going to get them to go through a duck dive, holding holding their breath, relaxing a duck dive, laying on the bottom, and starting to mimic some of these hunting um, body body language type tricks.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And look, it's not something that has to be done with a huge amount of time because actually, I want to spend more time actually hunting the fish, because that's what the game's all about, but it's just if you go through something, like rigging a gun, you go into a water and not rig a gun before, all of a sudden you got line and stuff everywhere, you know. You rig it at home a few times, and next thing you're, you're in the water and you just do it. Get the idea? Do a little bit of prep.
0: The trick is to get them all to sort of demonstrate this sort of skill and then offer some um, improvements to them in the context of that, Situation is that sort of yeah, what where sure. you
2: go? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no problem.
0: Um, so for someone coming from zero to out here on the on the Barrier Reef, they're a little bit spoiled. This isn't what we get off Brisbane, is it?
2: Yes and no. They're spoiled in that they don't won't have to work so hard for getting good fish. It's my I've dived a few places in Australia and overseas, and Brisbane divers are hard working divers. The ones that get good fish. They're diving deep and they've got good breath holds and they work hard. Uh, I spent a long time off Gladstone and was able to get some great fish without doing half the work that I've had to do in Brisbane. Get the idea? So this is a place, it's a great place to learn. But the bonus is is we've got so many awesome fish out here, you know, and the reef is gorgeous. Something else about diving on coral reefs. It's just mind-blowing. So I want to
0: go around again, fellas, I want to start with what you're most excited about. What's your sort of initial goal or hope for yourself? I'm going to
4: start back with Jack. So sort of going back to what I was talking about before, for me, I'm really looking at equalisation. I've sort of gotten a few fish before and like I want to get more trout than I did last time. But yeah, it's just I want to nail that free diving technique because I feel like Once I've got that down, the fish are going to come a lot easier after that. So that's, yeah, my main goal.
2: Hmm. Yeah, we'll have a talk about that.
0: Great news, guys. Adam Stern has made his freedivingfamily.com courses available at a discount for the new Spiro community. If you get on freedivingfamily.com, use the code SPIRO, you'll get 20% off any course there's a bunch of sick courses on there there's an equalizing uh stage one there's an equalizing advanced techniques um video there are two of my absolute favorites if you have any problems with equalizing go to freedivingfamily.com get adam's course and use the code spiro to get 20 percent off any course check it out at freedivingfamily.com do you like to penetrate great news penetrator fins today's noob spirit podcast sponsor are tough as nails robust dependable performers with beyond industry standard warranty communicate direct with larry and his team 24 7 for all your fin inquiries at penetrator or at penetrator fins on instagram baby's bum finish these things are smooth as silk they glide through the water they give you that awesome balance between power and efficiency. This is penetrator fins. Use the code at noobspiro to save $25 on any pair of penetrator fins at penetratorfins.com. That's right, use the code noobspiro to save $25 on any pair of penetrator fins at penetratorfins.com. Do you know if you're doing friends or Val Selva?
4: Uh Initially, I was doing, uh, what's the one where you're holding your nose? That's the, the incorrect technique essentially for your free diving.
0: So you can hold your nose and you can do Frenzel or Valsalva. I'm going to get Wayne to expand on it. But
2: oh, I was just going to listen to see what you did, what but, you said.
0: But, but basically Valsalva is more for scuba diving and you're using your lungs to do the equalisation, whereas in Frenzel you're using your, your tongue and your mouth to sort of do most of the work for you and you're not having to bring air up from your lungs or use your diaphragm to, to create that equalisation mechanism. But Wayne can probably walk you through it with a couple of like explanations of how to do friends or easily. Yeah,
2: look, and probably we'll get together and we'll just sort over a few things, but there's a really simple thing to think about. You've got tubes going from the back of your throat to your ears and they're millimetre to two millimetres wide. They're not particularly used that often. They're wiggly. They're sometimes filled with mucus uh, and you've got to actually get them into shape and to do the work of equalising, all right? And uh, so the important thing here, without damaging them, that's another important thing. When you do Valsalva, you're using your diaphragm and your, your uh, um, intercostals. intercostals here to force air up from the lungs, huge muscles here, up to go through these tiny tubes. And it's, it's actually uh, fine if you've got stacks of air, which you do have when you're scuba. With Frenzel, you're trapping the air between the <coughs> that seal, your epiglottis in your throat, your nose and your mouth. You're trapping it in there and pressurizing it by moving your tongue and constricting your throat, and bringing that air and pushing it up into the Eustachian tube. It's much more effective it's without less with a lot less energy but we'll go over this because you could spend all night talking about equalization
4: yeah and and what i've just heard there is already so much more technical than what i heard doing a whole other week on this boat previously and i think it's just having divers that are willing to put the time in around you as well you know because yeah people have that assumed knowledge and they know how to do it but whether or not they're able to communicate that is a whole other thing one hundred percent,
0: and you hear Val and friends, and already you're thinking like, "Holy shit, am I getting a, a like a, a physiology lesson here from you know history or something?" Um, do you teach the T-lock, tea like the t- t- sound with your tongue?
2: Yeah. So to go there at this point in time is too soon. Okay. There's a, quite a few places that you can do a seal inside your mouth and they produce a different sound, but to even look at that at this point in time is a bit early. So you just take a little bit at a time and introduce along there. But yeah, it,
0: it sounds like you want to refine a lot of stuff in the water when you're there and, and just sort of appraise each diver and then sort of offer them advice that's Best suited to where they're at.
2: I think that's the go. And with Jack here, I would not be working with him on his equalisation so much in the water as uh, maybe out of the water because uh, we're going to pick a place where he can equalise and then work on more the hunting and how we go about it. More anything because we're going to be in the water. We want them to have fun. We want them to get results.
0: Yeah, cool. All right. Let's go to Geordie. Geordie, uh, mate, goals for this trip. I mean, obviously, you know, you've already shot some fish before. You've shot one down uh, Gold Coast, um, Brisbane area, quite challenging hunting at times. We're dealing with a lot poorer visibility than likely we'll get out here. The water's colder. There's less, less fish because obviously they get a lot less pressure out here. Um, but for you, what are your goals? What are you looking to achieve on this trip?
5: Um, I'm looking at working on hunting techniques because, um, as you said, like, You know, down at Palm Beach uh, Reef, where where I did go for the first time, you know, the viz wasn't that great, like probably 7 to 10 metres, you know, in patches. Um, And so it it made it very, very difficult to actually locate a fish from the surface and have confidence in going down to that depth and, you know, putting in a bit of technique and how to approach a a fish. Um, So, you know, hopefully we have some good viz um, over this week and uh, hopefully I can... You know work on some new hunting techniques and actually have a bit of a strategy and a bit of a plan before actually doing a duck dive and 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 going down
0: yeah nice it sounds like uh, from our discussions earlier too you're pretty keen on getting a holiday in and i think very much getting out here is all about that and i really wish you the best of that yeah fingers crossed (laughs) cool so geordie we got your goals it sounds very much like what wayne's got planned for you is going to be absolutely ideal uh what about you mate what do you got on ryan
3: um, for me it's all about trying to put it all together, I've, I've had lots of different people tell me different things, I've watched lots of YouTube videos, I've got lots of tips and tricks, um, the equalization you were talking about before about not using your diaphragm and, and doing it sort of with your tongue and your throat and everything is something I've been fortunate enough one of the guys at Adrenos actually flagged with me a few weeks ago so I think, I think I've got that down pat so I'll be sort of interested to see how that goes under order. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, putting a duck dive, you know, even rigging the gun up and making sure I can put all that together on the surface, you know, then doing the duck dive, getting down to the bottom, how long can I sit there? How long do I sit there before I feel like I need to come back up? I don't, I don't really know, you know, it's different coming one metre up from the bottom of the pool where it's like, yep, I need the breath now to sitting five metres down. It's, it's all stuff I need to sort of work out and try and put together and try and get efficient at it then I can start focusing on trying to actually get a fish. So for me, if I get a fish this week, I'm going to be wrapped because I'm here to try and learn how
2: to put it all together and just do it.
0: Sounds like you boys are going to have a big day. Um, Wayne, where to from here?
2: Well, really the best bet is we get out there and we just do things, you know, jump in the water. Look, I'm not sure with the reef there if we're going to find a sheltered corner, but whatever we do, we'll, we'll work out a safe way to approach it. We will be working in the shallows. We will be getting some fish and, uh, you know, might as well start early and uh, put our goals there that uh, we achieve some fish. We will be looking for the weaknesses in the fish and, you know, just quite likely, who knows what, you'll come along, along as long as you're well rigged and that. And this Lovely big mackerel might swim along and uh, you could be the one that takes it. That's going to be exciting. That's going to be where you're going to find it. It's, it's the adrenaline of it when you've got a large pelagic fish on the run.
0: Sweet. Guys, uh, your questions for Wayne?
4: Oh, I mean, that's just such a huge question when you're this inexperienced. I suppose for me, um, my biggest singer, and it sort of links back to what I was talking about before, but when you first jump into the water and it's that first dive of the trip, what sort of, what would your first steps be to sort of calm the mind and get yourself ready for that first duck dive?
2: Concentrate on your breathing. Okay, you hit the water, you're starting to load your gun, but if you want to get good, get your breathing calm, it's very easy to sort of go, ah, 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 looking around, there's a shark beneath me as I'm loading. There's all these things that will actually stop your breathing, but it's, uh, if you can control your breath, your whole calmness will come about. If you can't control your breath, you'll sort of be, ah, ah, and it'll take a while to settle down. So first thing you get in the water, oh, even before I start loading the gun, I will relax, make sure my snorkel's good and make sure it's got it there. I will take a couple of nice big breaths just to make sure that I'm calm and that and I'll take a, I'll say that again, I'll take a nice big breath just to make sure I'm calm and uh, in, the, in the present time, you know, then I'd go ahead and load my gun, okay? And then we'd work from there. All
4: right, thanks for that. Yeah. Good.
3: All
0: right. Uh, oh, look, Ryan's ready to go.
3: I've got two questions. They're two very specific, unique questions that I haven't been able to find any answers to so far by going through YouTube and whatnot. First question is, how many weights do I start with on my belt?
2: All right. uh, Let's have a look at you. So the interesting thing is it's people say they tell me their weight, but it's actually the size. Listen, listen, it's not the weight. It's the size. So the amount of water you displace will give you a certain buoyancy. That's the first thing you've got to understand. The second thing that uh, you've got to really look at, and this is probably the major one, is how much air do you take when you breathe in? Now you don't know, I don't know, but I can look and I can see a a bit of an idea on, on what size your lungs would be if you were able to take a full breath, so I can make a guess, you know? Third one is not so important, but. It can be important if you've got heavy bones and really solidly built muscles. We had a guy training. He would have a full breath, as much as he could take in. And he was, he was a, uh, a weightlifter, trainer, heavy trainer, and he would still just go straight to the bottom of the pool with no weights on. No, wouldn't float at all because his muscle, the muscles he had built and his bones that he had were so dense. Put all that together. Uh, what size suit? This is the other one. How thick's your suit? Three mil. Three mil. Is it a two piece? Yeah. Yeah, so out a guess, it'll be five or six kilos. Second Fair question.
6: <laughs>
3: Second question. How do you know when it's the right time to get out of the water from the way the sharks are behaving?
2: That's a good question. Uh, and it's, it's one that comes with experience. So diving with people who have spent a bit of time with sharks will help you on that because you'll sort of go, "No, the shark's doing this, oh, look at that, look at that, and then you look over your your experienced buddy and you see how he's handling it. And uh, let's not have an experienced person who's full of daring and does things that are probably a little bit on the outside. Let's have an experienced person who's quite seriously there to take fish. Okay? So sharks start acting up. What's your first question? Will I land a fish? Simple as that, will I land a fish? You've got two sharks and they've got their arch, backs arched and they're zipping a bit, probably not, you know? And then what are you willing to do? To make sure you land the fish? You know, are you going to shoot the fish and the shark gets interested and you're going to back off? See, that's another question you've got to have a look that Only you can answer this. And actually, none of us can say, you must do this. Everyone has to develop their own comfort zone and their ability to handle sharks in their own level because if I, if I said, do what I do, my heart rate might be going you know, 40 beats a minute. You know. Yours might be doing 80. Shark knows that. Get the idea? A shark has got the electronic senses to be able to know who's going like that and who's going... So I might just scowl at the shark and he pisses off you know, where you might look very aggressive, but you're going like that and he knows you're freaked. Get, get what I'm saying there? So you have to develop, and this is gonna happen with experience, over time to what comfort level you have. Now, let's have a look at the bottom line. Sharks starting in the air, they start getting interested, find a new spot. That's probably the best place to start. Why? Because unless you're really skilled and you've got some guys who know what they're doing, you're probably not gonna land a fish to the other side, and an example is a, a wahoo I pulled up on um, sevens, and uh, I was with an, a very experienced diver, his name was Siung, you know Siung, is a great diver, this wahoo came up with a big shark behind, a big bull shark, and the bull shark was on his tail, and they were swimming, figure eights below me, and there wasn't anything I could do for as the person was pulling it up, because if I pulled the fish up into my area, the, the shark, brazen as all hell, would just come straight up. And maybe you wouldn't snap the wahoo, he will snap a leg. So, of course, you do not do that. Well, Siong went down and he positioned himself outside the circle. Now, the bull shark was not interested in Siong. The bull shark just wanted that wahoo. The wahoo went past, Siong sat there, and then the bull shark went past and he just went, jab straight on the end of his nose with his gun. Now, I wouldn't ask anyone to do that just wouldn't be fair. And especially, not, I would never exper- expect it. But Seong and I had dived quite a bit together and we both knew what to expect of each other. It was perfect. The shark got a hell of a fright, disappeared. I pulled the, the wahoo up and it went straight in the boat. So it's teamwork and what you're willing to, or what you're ready to confront. You might go, oh, I'll confront it. I'll be all manly or something like that. That's not the attitude. The thing is it's experience and getting it bit in piece. So for you... I would say, and for all of us here, sharks look a bit toey if they're not just zooming past. We just can't find another spot and, and get a few basics in before we, before we actually start making decisions about that. Answer question? Yeah, no, that's good, thank you. Good.
7: I just love a functional and simple spear gun that I can trust when I pull the trigger. Killshot spear guns utilize the finest of kiln-dried Burmese teak. Killshot spear guns also combine American-made parts and fine craftsmanship to bring you accurate, reliable, and simple spear guns that so you can trust. Fish after fish. Get $30 off any Killshot Shot Spear Gun at KillshotSpearguns.com. Yes and Amen, Uber. That's $30 off American-made performance spear guns at KillshotSpearguns.com. I'm really sorry for this terrible accent. Brought to you by Ed Martin. At killshotspearguns.com.
0: Learn from the best. Adam Stern's courses at FreedivingFamily.com are written and presented by some of the world's best freedivers and most experienced instructors. Lessons learned come from years of freediving and teaching at the highest levels and are now condensed and available for everyone. Go to freedivingfamily.com and use the code SPIRO and get 20% off any course. Now there's Frenzel, Advanced Frenzel, Hands-Free Equalization, there's Mouthful and Deep Frenzel Equalization, even by Finning Essentials. Get that finning technique right. It's the one percenters that make the difference in spearing and allow you to have more time on the bottom and you feel better even doing it. Go to freedivingfamily.com and use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course. Adam Stern's Courses at freedivingfamily.com.
5: Um, so my question for you, Wayne, is it's probably a bit of a difficult one, but um, in terms of what techniques that you use to stop the urge to take that breath in um, when you're on the bottom of the sea floor, you know, you're taking that time to listen to your body so that you can stay down, track your fish, track whatever it is that you're you know, wanting to shoot. How do you stop that urge to um, basically take that breath in or come to the surface? I've had some people say, you know, if you um, swallow um, or cough, that kind of resets your diaphragm and it gives you a few more seconds of, of bottom time, but what kind of tricks do you have?
2: That's an interesting thing. And, look, there are ways to lessen or even impair the uh, the urge to breathe and the contractions, but you've got to actually realise that what you're messing with, I was going to say a bad word there, what you're messing with is... Your safety trigger, so you 've got to look at what where you're at and if you're just at the beginning of breath holding, that trigger is going to be very important for you later on if you've spent I would say years in the water or if you've spent a good month's training so you understand what's happening in the body and how much further you can go from the moment you feel or get a good contraction then you can actually make a, a really educated decision there, all right? So I would relax a little bit and not try and force yourself to go too long and sort of come up and maybe do small amounts of gain because the, really this thing here is that Mother Ocean is very strict. She's really tough on you if you disrespect her. And a way to disrespect her is actually go a little too hard too soon uh, uh, to go beyond your experience and beyond your abilities. So your best bet is to just build up, build up, build up. And yes, if you can, you've got some guys down the Gold Coast where you are who are doing training, get with a group and do some training where you've got people monitoring you so you can actually really work out where your contractions come and how much of your breath hold have you got after that. Just an example here on this, I had a person who he would get his first contraction at 70 metres in the pool. That's that's quite normal, but by 85 to 90, he was gone. He was sambering. He was out of it. That was unusual, see? But that's, you know, that's, you just don't, everyone's somewhere on the scale, you know, where a large amount of guys get their first contraction at 70 and many of them that I'm you know, have uh, the pleasure of training with, are uh, doing over 150 metres after having their first contraction at at 70 metres. You get the idea? So uh, you've got to actually work out where you are. Now, the, the people who do this by just spearfishing year after year, great, this is a very valid way of learning. But most of us, and especially the young guys these days, this is not fast enough. So rather than go too fast... Just come, going, go to get some training and start actually working out where you sit and how you can improve that. And secondly,
5: in terms of recovery, you know, if you have, say, a 30-second to a minute, you know, time underwater, what would you have as a good minimum or even a maximum time that you'd stay on the surface before your body is recovered and ready to go
2: back down? I've always worked with three times your dive time. I questioned a couple of guys who are uh, instructors uh, on different um, uh, freediving schools, and their advice is minimum is two times your dive time. The important thing here, though, is that's a minimum. That's not an all-day target. That's what they're advising, so it's a minimum. I say three times because of just my own experience. um, You know, if you put in a good recovery, it always gives you a cushion that you can depend on later on in the day or later on you know even a few minutes when you've gone up there and you've got a still got a cushion there you're not really working right on the edge and then your favorite fish comes through now you're you're actually set up but if you're working right on the edge you know I can get away with this I can get away with this your favorite fish comes through but you're not fully recovered you can mess up and there goes you become a statistic or at least a blackout the wor- the the best that could happen you get your blackout or not the worst that can happen is you black out and disappear. But the best you can get away with if you did get a blackout is your twin is being responsible for you and picks you up and saves you, you know. So that's uh, what can happen if you haven't built up this cushion and you, and you spend too much oxygen. It's
0: a really good question, Geordie. One, I've been diving with some new guys lately and um, when you dive with someone experienced, they might be spending a minute and a half down, right? That means that guy's gonna to wanna to spend between three and four and a half minutes at a minimum on the surface. And meanwhile, the new guys dived, right? They've done a 40 second dive. So then they, they have to wait five minutes to dive, right? But the difference between a new guy and an experienced guy is that surface interval. If you spend a lot of time just like relaxing, working all those muscles loose, while you're watching your buddy. Let him get to the surface, make sure he's all right. Um, And then you spend that time just relaxing like, shit, I've got a whole minute to go. Just enjoy the minute. Even the problem with clear water is you can see everything on the bottom. You can see a fish you want to hunt and you know you've got a minute to go left to wait on the surface. It's really tempting to dive. You will be able to dive on that fish and you'll probably do a 30 second dive and you'll probably be safe. Next time you come up, you're starting to train your body to do 30-second dives, yeah? And um, so extending your dive time by extending your surface interval is a really, it's a discipline, and, it, and and it's quite hard to acquire. And for new guys, they get impatient because you just did a 40-second dive. You don't want to spend five minutes on the surface, you know? But that—that that is how you will get better. So that, that would be my number one encouragement. Having dived with a few new guys, they get frustrated, I, and I, I can understand it because it's like, your dive buddy goes down, oh, fuck, I've got to
2: wait five minutes, you know. But you, it, it will pay its dividends later on. Yeah, like uh, I get to dive with my son and my son's a bit of a weapon and it's not unusual that he'll do a, a three to four-minute dive. I'm uh, Most of my dives, uh, one, one minute, 40. But I'll do a few two-minute dives, you know. Uh, I don't like to expend too much, you know, make it too hard, especially too early in the day. Uh but when I'm diving with him, I'm relaxing up there. He's down there all his time, you know, I'm relaxing. I, you know, and then I, so I get the long relaxing, and then I'll go and do mine, and I come up, and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's, he's the one that's got the hard work.
0: It's good being when you're uh, matched with someone of similar experience. And if you are with a person that's more experienced and they're spending significantly longer than you down there, it is an exercise in patience, but just watch, watch what they do. They do very small things sometimes that they don't even—they're not even conscious of—and it makes a big difference in their hunting and stuff. Now I've learned a lot just through doing that because I'm still not a great diver, and I still have to dive with people that dive for a lot longer than I do. And um, it's an exercise in patience. But you're looking after your mate as well. You know, there's a there's a plus size on it too. Did you have any more questions, Jordy? No, I don't.
2: <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> you learned all that way just good. to say no, I don't. <laughs> exactly. I'm really looking forward to catching up with you guys further into the dive trip and finding out how it's all progressing and what you guys are um, up to, what you're struggling with, what you've achieved, what you want to work on, what you're um, happy with. Obviously, it's a holiday too, so it's not all about work and like, you know. Um, but um, I think if you want to improve and you want to get better, it's kind of the nature of the game as well. So did any of you guys have any more questions for Wayne? Nah, we're going to wrap that up, Wayne. Um, let wrap it up. I hope you guys have a, a great day tomorrow and you are
2: safe? Yep, I think uh, we're going to have a ball. And we're safe? A good start. Good start. We've, got a, yeah, we've got a few days ahead of us, so this is like, you know, this is the, sort of the warm-up. Just wanted
0: to stress safe.
2: Okay, yeah, I got that. No, safe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good.
0: I yeah. <laughs> was being a cheeky bastard. <laughs> yeah, no, Last I know. We for that. For that. Last time we were out with Wayne, he um, inadvertently stabbed his leg while subduing a large Spanish mackerel and uh, the poor bugger had to be airlifted off. I just wanted to remind him of it again.
2: Yeah, you know, come on. This is the actual boat. We're on the actual boat. We're with the crew members here, and they're all looking at me a little cross-eyed, you know. Oh, you. We didn't know you were coming.
0: (laughs) And this time around, he's training the next harem of new divers. So, um, but you've got a lot of experience, Wayne, and um, we all make mistakes and shit happens, and that's the nature of spearfishing. So, um, but as I said, have a great day tomorrow. Yeah, I won't be doing a workshop on knife (laughs) knife safety. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I should. I don't
3: think we'd be listening to you if you did anyway. (laughs) What can I
2: say?
0: After catching up with these dudes, I caught up with some of the rest of the crew. These guys, uh, we were getting a bit loose, we had a few drinks, so add a warning. Uh, But lots of fun, I hope you enjoy our conversation.
6: Ting, ting, boom, ting, <laughs> boom, boom, ting, boom.
0: <laughs> and welcome to the Noosphere Podcast. <laughs> yeah, hundred um, percent. Swim away. I swim. away, You were away, just listening to the musical away, stylings, stylings away, of DJ Trevor. I swim away. I swim away. <laughs> um, we're midway through the uh, a, a bunker group charter aboard the Eastern Voyager. We're out on the. Um, Southern Great Barrier Reef, I'm surrounded by legends everywhere. I've got Amy, the Queen of Content. Hello. Tay Tay. <laughs> Tay Slattery. know um, I've got Luke Latham. <laughs> <laughs> um, Trevor put the microphone to his genitals for your reference. Um, I am Shrek and we've got Trevor. Howdy. <laughs> um, day three, gents. Let's start with Tay How's the trip been so far? What have you enjoyed, buddy?
1: Uh, the trip's been really, really good. Actually, it's been some of the best viz we've had on the last few trips out here. So, um, yeah, it's been really
0: good. Give us, the, give us the range, the viz range.
1: Oh, oh, there was a few places. <laughs> there's a few places <laughs> yesterday on that uh, on that low tide coming going into low tide where it went down to about ten to fifteen, but from being twenty-five to thirty meters in spots, it was. A rude awakening, yeah, for yeah. sure. Is, it's was uh, reminiscent of the Morning Bay, but um,
0: taking long shots, under under fish size, and
1: definitely today more than anything. Actually, I think a mixture of things. Starting to get a bit exhausted today, so you know that 25, 20 to twenty five meters looks a lot lot, lot further away. Yeah.
0: We've we've um we've definitely had three tough days diving, yeah. um and it does start to tell, doesn't it? Definitely the multiple dive day fatigue. I'm just
8: coming into my prime.
1: Yeah, Trevor's Trevor's been doing really well. He's hitting his prime. He's making making me feel pretty weak. But
0: it's because he hasn't coupled it with the lifestyle factors.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But um, no, like it's been a uh, it's been a really good trip. Really. At the end of the day, like I've um, I'm pretty happy. As, as far, like I was coming into it, I haven't been doing as much diving lately. So, um, so yeah, really pretty happy with it all so far with my diving. Good bunch of crew. Um, yeah, managed to spear with a few different team and fish of the team. trip so far. For me, mm. um, I was really happy with uh, those reds and the trout we got on the first day at Guthrie's. I was I was really happy with that. That was I know, it was really good. I haven't dived with Trevor for a while, so it was nice to get back in the water with you know people that I've dived with before. Understand how everyone dives, um, and straight into fish. It just was a recipe.
0: Trevor said you guys shot everything at ten meters.
1: Yeah, give or take. Ten <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's Give or take ten meters. Okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten meters or, or zero. Ten <laughs> yeah. No, it's been a f- it's been a cracker. Awesome.
8: One, no one brings the reds in like Taylor. No. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, The first day we dropped down i we'd been I've been hoping for a red. I hadn't, hadn't shot a red before. Um, and you'd never just, shot a red. No, I never shot a red. Oh, no, sick. No, it's been a been a fish I've wanted to chase for a while, but never really. Uh, I think it was more more the depth. That I hadn't really, really gone and chased them in. Um, when I've been up here, it's always been that fifteen to twenty, rather than that 20, 20 to twenty-five, which I found they've been a little bit more prevalent, really. Um, Pre- prevalent or prevalent? Same thing. Different. No, I like, potato, I like,
0: potato. I like, I like prevalent. Yeah, but you're South African. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it the other day with the Frenzel. Oh, Jack. <laughs> Jack busted a friend, Zell. I was like, <laughs> what are we in train, was training?" Was he talking day? about Frenzel rum? Yeah, no, nah, Frenzel equalizing oh, technique. Oh, yeah. He's calling okay. it Zell. Yeah. Zell is
6: very
0: stunning. <laughs> 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 All right, let's catch up with Luke. Luke, um, your experience for the three days, what are you enjoying? What are you not enjoying? What are you struggling with?
9: Oh, it's been a mixed bag for sure. It's been hard work. This morning, um, rough weather, quite windy, choppy, overcast. And um, and discolored toes. Yeah, man. So that started yesterday. What happened? Um, I went upstairs with Amy and we flew the drone. And I was piloting, and she was catching it. I'm looking up, and I kicked the boat with my toe.
6: Ooh. It turned
9: purple. It looks What's broken, bad. but looks by mid last night, it actually stopped hurting. So I woke yeah. up this morning feeling really good. And Does that um, mean I did? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> this morning, I was boaty, yeah. and um, the boys were asking for burley and I'm jumping up front and grabbing pilchards, and again, kicked the boat, and I fell over on this tedium by myself, just cursing, turning red, like, just uh, uh, dying, uh, and um, so now I have two red toes.
0: Wow, they
9: look sore, <laughs> so, man. But, but um, they can fit in the fin, <clears>
2: Oh, that's am lucky
9: the fin, <laughs> Trevor, don't touch
6: it. Oh. Don't,
9: don't <laughs> Trevor is
0: um, threatening Luke with fingers in his toes. So it they hasn't affected the
9: diving, but walking's definitely sensitive. Okay. How's That's the diving cool. going? It's been good. Yeah. So I've been helping out the young guys yeah. um, improve their skills. So we got a couple guys on the boat. One, it's this is his third day of diving.
0: Yeah, nice. Ever. How's he going? He, good.
9: He's got his first fish today.
0: Yeah. That's so Ryan.
9: That's Ryan. He's pumped. Yep. So what did he shoot today? And parrotfish. He's been chasing them for three days now. Yeah, nice. So it's been entertaining entertaining watch. We'll, we'll drift down current. If there's any parrotfish, he will turn and start swimming up current, chasing a parrotfish. Yeah. Top so, down, death from above. Absolutely. Yeah. He, well, not much death. So what's... <laughs> <laughs> but today it was death. But he got it. Nice. Yeah. What did he shoot today? Um, just a little pearfish blue bar what I oh I, I wouldn't even know what it was called Tim okay. said it was fish bait after his filleted <laughs> and uh, did you watch that hunt Um, I don't think I did actually uh-huh. I, I think I was Bodie when that happened <laughs> so I was I was
6: Bodie <laughs> <laughs>
0: why isn't Trevor on every episode <laughs> <laughs> Uh
9: I was the buddy at the time, and um, yeah, Ryan surfaces and screams. I'm yeah. going, and he, he's very frightful of sharks. Yeah. So I'm thinking he's just hooting and hollering, and but he was he pumped like he got his first fish. So that was really good. Sick. And um, yeah, I thought it was Jack over there cursing for missing fish. So yeah,
1: he's <laughs> not not confident
9: with sharks, <laughs> or oh, he just hasn't been around him. This is oh, day yeah. three. Um, so it's funny, we, we hit a very shallow reef, probably six meters today, and there's just two white tip reef sharks cruising. Okay. Just normal, yep. like not stirred up or anything. And he swam right over to us, and he was like, All right, boys, two sharks. Like, yep. should we get out? Yeah. No, <laughs> like, nah, nah, nah. Cool, cool. Like, cautious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, but later on, we had Big Bronzy cruising under us. So we went out deeper water, 15 meters, real sandy, just dropping pillies, hoping for mackerel. And probably a two and a half, three meter bronzy so backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Just a big whaler. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So no, it's good. Like we all stayed in the water at the time and, and did the drift. Um, but no fish came in and so.
6: Mm.
9: Sounds but today sick. was a highlight of getting my first black spot tusk fish. Yeah? Yeah. Whatever. So take a there. Um so second part of the morning. After diving the shallows, we went out to a deeper balmy and jumped in. This is the cleaning station. Okay, and jumping in the water, it's about 14, 15 meters deep, and there's a huge school of trevally of some sort. Um, things were like a meter long. Like, could be. I, I don't know my trevallys.
0: Like sort of somewhere between like a
9: golden and a blue. Yeah. yeah. Bigger than what I know of a golden. Yeah. Yeah, gray, gray body, and and not that distinct, but lots of them cruising, yep. big school, probably forty thick. It's cool to see that much wow. that much like biomass in one right. It was sick. In front of you, it's an so yeah. So that shark mackerel in between. So just a few in there, and then um, the spangled emperors were just cruising in mass. And they're down at the bottom, but like I'm talking 60 to 100 fish over five minutes just cruising.
0: Tim and, uh, Wayne. Tim and Wayne both pulled um, a fish each out of that same schoolboy, the sounds of it. They were traveling like 60 to 80 fish. And uh, Wayne pulled a nice one out, and I think Tim followed very shortly after. So they didn't sound like they were super tow either. They just no, cruising. They're in, just in cruising. A,
6: <laughs> <laughs>
9: <laughs> so with the good viz, could look straight down and see the black spot just cruising around the front edge of this balmy and just happy like little pectoral fins flapping around. And um, so there's a quick breathe up and, and went down. I was coming down pretty much topside straight down onto it. And it's kind of funny like they turn sideways to look up at you. Yeah and then turn again, and look at it, they just present like a shot. So I got probably 13 meters down, a couple meters off the bottom, and I started leveling out, and he just completely turned sideways. And um, I took a headshot, which I was a little bit hesitant, because I did that a, a few months ago on one, and completely missed. He turned, and it just went straight through where his head used to be, but missed. So this time I got him, actually. And um, it was a headshot, and it just stunned him. I wouldn't say stone, but easy, dead weight to the surface. Nice. And um, put a knife in him. The boys were in the water, but they didn't take a dive. Like, that was just fresh. All those fish, getting that fish up to the surface, it, it felt really good.
0: Hmm. you enjoying the boat, the meals, the showers? They're, they're excellent. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Being able to shower
1: in your wetsuit and then <laughs> being able to shower, eat your food, shower, in your, get in your wetsuit straight onto the boat and straight into the water in five minutes is pretty insane. You can't really beat that. Time in the water.
9: Food's next level. Food's yeah. definitely very, very good this time.
0: I, I was like, like this time around, I was like, oh, a new cook? And then I was like, okay. And the food's like, the last cook was good that I – was yeah. part of, and then this cooks like even oh, a, this is like a couple of notches up. Like we're always looking forward to the next meal here. phenomenal, eh? yeah. And the deckies, the skipper, they they're all super friendly, helpful. Like, just couldn't ask for a better uh, a better free trip. <laughs> Thanks, Adreno. <laughs> <laughs>
9: <laughs> is this but, time for a plug?
0: It is tough because there's a lot of content being demanded by. Amy. <coughs> um, <laughs> the
6: elephant in
0: the room. <laughs> Amy, introduce yourself. Everyone else has been on the podcast in some form. Um, Trevor is a regular Oops. attendee. So, tell us, tell us about yourself.
10: Oh god, I'm really bad at this stuff. Yeah. Um,
0: just the cliff notes, like the, just think Tinder profile, but like PG. <laughs>
8: Saying my Tinder
6: profile
4: isn't PG. No. Link (laughs) to my OnlyFans. Check out T
0: Catchion on OnlyFans. (laughs) For five dollars, you get to see all sorts of things. You can even buy my wetsuit wash water.
10: (laughs) (laughs) What's worse is there's probably a market for that in somewhere in the world. Uh. Um, yeah, so I don't know uh I'm definitely someone who uh, really enjoys everything outdoors um, and I think since since uh being at Drno, it's definitely spurred my love for underwater. I've definitely been terrified of the ocean most of my life. It's only been like the last three years that I've actually learned how to swim
7: <laughs> Wow
0: <laughs> it's just. Because you, you move pretty well in the water. Like, it looks like you, you, you've been in there a while. Like You're diving. I, I've watched you do drops the past 10 metres, like holding your breath. Like, that's pretty – that's not someone that doesn't know how to swim.
10: No. <laughs> yeah.
8: You should add like 15 metres to whatever you're diving. It's like <laughs> pushing a sail through the
10: water. Yeah, so I just uh, recently upgraded my camera to a order camp housing, which is about 10 kilos. Yeah. And about – Forty meters, forty meters, forty centimeters wide. Yeah.
0: You've been chasing people with twenty thousand dollars worth of camera and housing, plus.
10: Yeah, and, I probably uh, wouldn't have said that on the podcast, <laughs> but yes.
0: <laughs> Sorry. She S- me with S- it. <laughs>
10: <laughs>
0: Sorry, mum and dad.
10: <laughs> well, you already told me that you uh, had to replace one, so I know you're good for the cash. No, no, Clark replaced it. I didn't pay for it. Uh, I just cost <laughs> him the money. <laughs> Don't touch it. <laughs>
0: So you started at Adreno. You're doing a lot of stuff to do with content.
10: Uh, it didn't really start that way. It kind of um, – Taylor actually got me the job during COVID last year because
9: – $5. <laughs> Boom. Oh, yes. Yes.
0: On the podcast we too. About. That is fucking perfect. What are you talking about? So there was got a, a one we've second a little, there
10: where I thought I got away with it. We've, we've
0: got a little – just for listeners, um, Taylor's going to fill you in on the rules. Um, but oh, we've – but uh, as as far as I'm aware, yeah. Just tell us the rules. So Amy times four now. Wow, that's a, four.
1: That's yeah. a horrible effort. Gonna
0: pay a lot. So <laughs> I think everyone's going to pay five dollars every yeah. time someone Some references. So Tad, if you
8: could just run the, through the list, of something. All
6: oh, the words. Yeah. <laughs>
0: what are the
1: What are the words? Well, my vetoed at the moment during yeah, I think this you podcast.
4: Could just no. say with I reckon it
1: counts. It rhymes with bovid. <laughs> and it's the best I could do.
0: And the and the V CV. Yeah. yeah, isn't that what I just said? It's a beer, Mexican beer, something like that. Yeah, oh. yeah. And we can't. I mention, don't really know what I can and can't get away with. There's other keywords around it that none of us want to think about or reference. So, it's been an interesting challenge, and it's good. Like we're away at sea for a week, and we're not talking about that shit. It's fantastic. Are you enjoying it, Amy?
10: Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I wish you could see Taylor's face right now working it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry.
8: The word rhymes with cock clown.
6: <laughs> I'm <am> so sorry. <laughs> it took
0: me a while to. Like, this is what Trevor does, eh? He's just. He's like a sophisticated bogan. <laughs> So, Amy, this is your second trip out here?
10: Yeah, yeah. The uh, first one I actually couldn't – well, I didn't know how to free dive. Um, yeah. It was more of a experience for some of the newer staff to get them into free diving, so we had someone on board to do a free diving course. Oh, wow. Um, but I ended up skipping half of that because I wanted to start getting photos and content, but it's really hard when you can't dive, so – been yep. nice to actually kind of hit some targets and have a go at it this time.
0: <clears throat> and I'm going to reference one of Trevor's videos. Um, he made a competitive, competitive video to Daniel Mann's uh, most... His ass. <laughs> 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 Daniel Mann did a video, the most underrated reef fish. I think it was about Moses Perch. Trevor came straight back out. And is the real most underrated reef fish about Platinum Snapper. Oh, snapper. Shit's all over Moses Perch.
8: Like, Moses Perch is nice, but Platinum Snapper is nice and abundant.
0: That's good. And Amy just went out and punished one the other day <laughs> while I was watching.
10: I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we kind of, I don't know, I didn't really see too many fish on that morning. Mm. Um,
0: Some days it's been hit and miss, eh?
10: Yeah. Like uh, fish
0: are on, they're off, and it depends very much on where where you are. It
10: feels like it's very much been like when they're on, it's like three or four in like five, ten minutes, and then when it's not, you're just seeing nothing. Yeah. It's
8: shoals in a nutshell. A lot of flat ground with not much, and then you hit just that one patch and everything dies, and then a lot of flat ground.
0: You have real interesting ways of referencing the landmarks too, like the, the two flat rocks.
8: Oh, they're not flat, they're round, and then there's a gap, and they're evenly sized. Dem de titties.
0: <laughs> Dem de titties. <laughs> 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 and you do this with, like, every spot, too. It's Just quite, about it's quite sure. Good.
8: Yeah. Yeah. If you ever look at the sound, of it, the, more, the more outrageous the name, the higher the quality of the fish that live there. Yes. Like One of the best marks we used to have off Morton was Woody's Rape Dungeon. It was fantastic. (laughs) For for Woody or? For Woody, for getting crayfish, just all fantastic good
0: days. Cool. In the world of dive spearfishing, there's no magic breathing technique that's all of a sudden going to get you down and shoot massive fish at depth and holding big bottom times. But there is a way to do it safer and smarter, take down more fuel to maximise the time that you have there. Learn at noobspero.com forward slash Ted with Ted Hardy from Immersion Freediving. If you take down more fuel, you can stay for longer. Learning to take a bigger breath is not such a big deal. Ted breaks it down for you with a free online course noobspiritcom forward slash Ted. Take down 20 to 30% more air just by learning how to take a full breath. Again, learn how to do it free at noobspero.com forward slash Ted.
7: My dude, you're killing it on the Noob Spirit podcast. Every guest you get on frosts on the spearing life, and the actionable info is off the chain. Over here at Spearing Magazine HQ, it's the same, buddy. So many newers are submitting their adventures, lessons learned, and pictures here at SpearingMagazine.com. Just wanted to say that uh, newers can get an international subscription here at SpearingMagazine.com. They can also check out our In the Face apparel or get a subscription to the world's greatest Spearing Magazine channel. Check it out at spearingmagazine.com. Shrek, thanks. Love what you're doing. Jeremy out. So second
0: trip out, how's the diving feeling this time? What, uh, what's, what have, what's been your struggles?
10: Uh, mainly just my ear. Um, I've had trouble the last four or five months with one of my ears due to um, some semi-circular canal. Um, basically, it's like a hole in my ear and my skull. Oh, okay. Just yeah, super crazy to find out. But um, so for a long time, I couldn't really dive past six meters, and then yeah, somehow following Trevor down, I hit fourteen, and I've done nearly every like second dive after that. It's been like 11, 12 meters this trip. Yeah, so nice. That's just been like I'm missing every fish, but <laughs> I'm getting down there at least.
0: Yeah, cool. That's cool. It's, it's sometimes it's incremental improvement. So mm. like uh, like Taylor and I have been. You know, you compare yourself to the best you've been, then you compare yourself to the other people in the boat and, you know, all of these are false, I think, metrics for yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, have you been able to relax? Like you're obviously under a bit of pressure to get a lot of content as well, which is a unique sort of position to be in, I think.
10: I definitely feel like I'm very lucky, but I definitely put a lot of that on myself and if I don't get it, then... Definitely don't feel relaxed. I had a couple hours today, which I had just laid on top of the boat and had some time to myself and not think about working. Nice, nice. But, um, yeah, I very much just want to do as much as I can, as well as I can. If I don't feel like I'm delivering that, I guess everyone kind of feels like that.
0: We've been looking at your footage, your stills, and um, you've got terabytes of of footage (laughs) from everyone there. Like You've got GoPro stuff to sort out as well. There's a lot of work there, but there's heaps of good stuff, like even from the first couple of days. I mean, we've had fantastic viz. The boys have shot really yeah. good fish.
10: Couldn't really ask for anything better. No, nah,
0: no. Nah. What's for the next couple of days? What um, goals, milestones have you set for yourself for the coming days? Obviously, you want to sort through some of the mountain of footage.
10: There's only one thing at the top of my list at the moment, and that is to land a trout.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. So what's your, what's your technique? How are you going to do it?
10: That's a very good question. Um, I think something I've found is at the moment where I've been focused on content, I've just not been taking the same regular gun with me and I don't know if I'm using that as an excuse or whether because every time it's different. Like I've been maybe a foot away from a trout and then realised that somehow the gun's on safety. Yeah, And then I've used another one and I feel like it's too heavy and just so um, I think I'm just going to take it and if I don't use it, fine, but just use the same one so I can actually get the hang of using one rather than four or five guns and I feel yeah. like everything else is there. just need to just have everything line up like an eclipse.
0: <laughs> I like this and Trevor way, way back in I think Noob Spirit Podcast episode six had the same stuff that he – he was preaching. It was like, use if you're going to use small guns or big guns, make sure it's the same handle, same muzzle, same shaft overhang. That way the setup's the same no matter where you go. Like when you try and change gun, guns all the time, it does all sorts of things to your accuracy. All of us. It happens to all of us too. No. Even Trevor, who's a gun-ho and just absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. pronounced it. Gun-whore. <laughs> I was using the polite um, synonym. Um, yeah, Trevor... Trevor definitely ran that um, lesson through uh, on the podcast. It was excellent. Um, Trev, what advice do you have for Amy with her first trap? Use my gun. <laughs> well, she nailed the platinum really well with it. So yeah, just use my gun. There you go. That, that's it. That's the advice. Okay, cool. cool. The other ones don't
8: fuck it up, but it's not as nice.
10: <laughs> I thought you weren't nice, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We've, we had a few good ops the other day. Um, Geordie got to take the opportunity, though. We had some good trout lined up, didn't we?
10: Yeah, definitely. I was watching Geordie breathe up for about two minutes on that trout, <laughs> and I was just like, I'm ready. I could go for it. I want it. And then he spooked it, and it just vanished. Yeah. And I think we all did, like, a few drops on the same oh, bommie. Oh, we hung trainer. out on
0: the same bommie for, yeah. like, eight or ten drops, thinking of,
10: <laughs> so, once they
0: get lost in those warrens, mm-hmm. you're never, you never getting them.
10: It was just just such a problem. It was so big.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes with bommies in the past up here, like, you'll get one, you'll see one trout from the surface and then you get down there and it's like, holy moly, the trout Mm. and all its family live here. But I haven't seen that too much this time, to be honest. Like, sometimes you might see trout in twos and threes, but Trevor might have had a different experience, though, because he spends more time on the bottom of the ocean than he does on the surface. My mouth's full of lolly. Is that a lolly?
4: I I've been he, put <laughs> in, he put one he
0: put one of my bourbon
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs>
0: cool. what about um what about what what's cool stuff we got coming up with um Adreno videos? are we still doing the the guy stuff
10: definitely like to. we've got a few uh fish aside to do it with um we just need to it's, the problem is conditions have just been so good it's kind of it seems like a shame to really. Stay on the boat and miss an afternoon session.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you thinking, like a lunchtime tomorrow?
10: Maybe we'd have and to... And then a delayed
0: something. afternoon session or something?
10: Yeah, that could work. It's up to Taylor, really.
1: Yeah, I'd probably say we just take an afternoon off or
0: something or a morning mm. off and just do it. Another cool project you guys have been working on is the Be A Good Bodhi, um thing. Like today we had uh, a lot of discussion about what being a good body means. Um, Amy, so far what have you learned about what? Being, what what being a good boat is about?
10: Um, really just have to be organised, vigilant and a really good boat driver, <laughs> um, which I haven't quite got the hang of yet. Um, but, yeah, just making sure that, you know, everyone's taken care of. You're not tangling up lines. You're looking out for if there's pe- your um, people on your boats going in different ways, making sure they stick together and just being there as soon as their hand's up that you can just get there as quick as you can.
0: Nice. With particular to piloting the the boat, what's difficult about it? Is it the fact that there's lines in the water and you've got wind going one direction, maybe current going in the other, you've got swell? Are that is it, or is it just the actual mechanics of just steering a tiller steer boat around?
10: Well, this one obviously the way you do it is kind of opposite. So I'm getting definitely better, but the first day I kept just doing like left turns where. Wasn't going in the right side. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfectly fine. The trick
8: is to go left enough. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. I would just commit.
10: I would just yeah. commit to the wrong way and then be like, okay, cool. This is what's happening now.
0: You kind of have to, don't you?
10: Yeah.
0: Reverse and the open ocean's a bad idea too, isn't it?
10: Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I'm like looking around. Like why?
0: Well, you look look over the back. Like it's so, the water clearance is so low. So if you're going back at any sort of speed and then a wave comes over, you can swamp the boat and, oh, and next really to no time. So you almost don't even want to use it. So yeah. going the wrong direction and forwards is way better than going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> the work on half the yeah,
10: well, that's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard, so I haven't been using it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No, nah, and you can work your way around it. But um, like planning your approach to the divers when they've all got floats out is quite a bit of an art. Like you've got to think, okay, where's the wind going to push me? Is it going to push me into their lines? Potentially get them caught in the prop, and then obviously having it in neutral whenever you're around the divers when they're on the water is a big one. Um, and it's if people aren't brought up around boats, like these are easy mistakes to make. It's
6: true. Like,
0: sometimes you might not know that the kill switch is already on. <laughs> oh,
6: Why don't you tell us I, about I can't
10: that one? I
0: passed you a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, uh, on the four-stroke.
10: Yeah. Uh, this <laughs> is yesterday. The well, boat I won't turn on.
0: The, the kill switch had two plugs on it, so one was a backup in case the other one, the main one, snapped. But I thought it belonged somewhere. So I'm, like, looking on the motor, where the, where the fuck does this go? And I just could not see it. And then Trevor goes, oh, that's a backup. You can just pull it. It'll start.
6: <laughs> <laughs> he was so
0: gracious. graciously disgusted. You know? Yeah. It's like He was disappointed. <sighs> yeah. I'm not mad. Yep. I'm just disappointed. Like I, said, I could see the face. Yep. Yeah. he yep. had to
8: swim like fifty meters, it was all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a lot of other stuff though that goes on off the ball um with being a good Bodhi. Um Amy, for you with your experience so far as a Bodhi, um, You told me the other day some interesting stuff when you were Bodhi for us. Don't scream at me.
10: What did I tell you?
0: You said don't scream at me in any... uh, Oh,
10: yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I guess, my, I'm a little bit of an anxious person sometimes, so not being able to see anyone in the water instantly, I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? Um, Which is probably good because I'm literally not taking my eyes off anyone in the water. Yeah. But, yeah, just if you, you know, if you need something, just be like, hey, only scream at me if there's an emergency because then I'll just go into full panic, which isn't good.
0: You'll just go left forever. (laughs) Cutting doughies and float lines and anyone that comes near the boat. (laughs) At least it'll scare sharks off, I guess. Yeah. Or put them into a frenzy. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, I'm going to let Trevor... Um, talk a little bit about being a good boatie because I think he's got a lot of uh, opinions about this, strong opinions.
8: Okay, how to be good boaty. Step one, always turn up on time. Step two, always okay. pay for the fuel in advance. Like okay. there's a few things in the world where you should always pay up front. It's not like you go to the strippers and they go, can I have the money at the end? No, they take the money straight up. So same with the skippers. You pay them up front. Skippers or strippers? Let's just say they're rhymes, so same rules. (laughs)
0: Like a cock clown. Clown.
8: That could be a good club. (laughs) Noob, Spiro, cock clown. 99 tips. Anyway.
6: (laughs) That's too many tips for one stripper.
8: (laughs) As you can tell... It's late in the day and we're all mildly oxygen deprived. So <laughs> I cannot guarantee the efficacy of our conversation, but we will do our best. Um, another tip that I would say is just being a good person on a boat, stay with everybody. It can make it absolute hell on the boaty to try and keep track of people when the chop's up in particular and they all spread apart. It's also not the safest thing. It's not too bad out here on the reef where it's clean, but when it's dirty, you don't know if... The guy three meters away is also on the bottom, and you're pointing at him. So,
1: and that's kind of really nearly a buddy's responsibility is to let them know that they're drifting away, or that a, the one person from the group split up. Like, I was finding when you go, come out here and you've got two buddies who have dived together a lot, and they've got you know we've got three in the water, and there's that one person who may not have dived with those people before. That one person, or those two people, may split because they know I know what this guy's doing, so they're going to do their thing. And, they, and you end up splitting. So I think that's nearly on the boat sometimes to go, hey, well, I think you need to move back and follow those guys.
0: To an extent, you reckon? Yeah. No one seems to want to be a Nazi. And it's hard to sort of just go, okay. Well, I'm, no, I'm a us, Nazi then for sure. Well, I, don't, I, I personally don't mind because I like. I work in a paramilitary environment. I kind yeah. of appreciate it, particularly in high-stress environments where there's risk and but mm. the rewards are great if particularly if you're organised. I don't mind if there's three divers and you go okay, one dives, two dives, three dives. Then yes. one dives, two dives, yes. three dives. It's pretty simple. And number two holds the flash and number three holds the camera whatever the hell it is you're doing. Yeah. And then you've just got this rotation going and and whoever's diving leads. Yeah. You might have some conversation about where you, the general direction you want to go or whatever because but I don't think we've done a lot of that today. We've had we've all been diving with a lot of different people, which yep. is good. But it's also we, I, I've noticed, like diving in threes, two will stick together and yes.
9: one heads off a lot. Yeah, and um,
1: I think it's kind of like herding sheep, being a buddy. Sometimes.
9: Yeah, yeah. Definitely. To Taylor's point, I definitely agree that the buddy has that visibility, and to leave the two people actually are we working together in the water momentarily and go fetch that other person and either point them back or pick them up and bring them back. Yeah, is definitely the way. I
8: like to up current. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I like to pull up the boat up current and turn the motor off and they just keep swimming away and then swim hard into the hull at full yes. speed. Yeah, <laughs> And then when they go, what the fuck, did you do that for? You went, well, if you were swimming that way, yep, <laughs> wouldn't it happen? Hard, hard love, tough love, hey, Trev. <laughs> Look, I was told by my sainted grandma, it's not being mean if it was a teachable
0: moment. <laughs> Fair enough. Your grandma was rough. I must rough. a pretty good bloke then. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just, you're just <laughs> a good teacher. Yeah, yeah great teacher. Yeah, yeah. Now nah, I think sometimes, like Taylor, you like last time I remember being out here and we had a, a guy on the boat who was like a little bit difficult and he was just quite particular in what he thought he wanted. Yeah. But he didn't really even know what he wanted. He just was used to being in charge, so he kind of try to do that. Yeah. And when you came on the boat, you were just like, nah.
6: <laughs> we're doing we're doing this huh?
0: get in there get over and then like but i was so grateful because i was like i'd been trying to be polite yeah and to ask this guy what to do you know
1: yeah steer him uh, in the right direction
0: let's go around there and follow those guys because they threw over an esky full of fish this morning yeah and we threw over two yes <laughs> um and then you know we're 100 meters or 200 meters away, but he and you know there was one point he refused to get in the water because it wasn't in the spot that he wanted to go. Yes. And, yeah, you know, um, so some you've got to be flexible, with, and and you know particularly out on these charters as well. Definitely, but yeah, um, a, lot of a bit of leadership, a bit of bold leadership sometimes doesn't go astray, particularly from the boaty. I think for sure, yeah. yes, yeah. But yeah, I think going like being a boaty, there's so many so
1: many different things like being a great boaty. There's all your safety side of things and, yeah, looking at everyone on – keeping an eye on everyone in the water. But even I think some of the be- best things you can do is even understanding the GPS on the boat, understanding your drift, seeing where the guys, okay, they're throwing in their fish right roughly here. You're starting to understand where they're drifting, You help, and really you're that, you're that lifeline between them and fish, you know, a lot of the time. So understanding the boat, your, your wind direction, the current that the divers are drifting in. And being able to consistently put them either along that same drift or helping them work along that drift of that reef or something you know like understanding the shape of the what you're trying to dive and making sure they're hitting it
0: guys one of the biggest struggles in spearfishing is finding a buddy now imagine a tinder for fishing like hey you want to grab some beers and go catch some fish Noob Spiro's latest partner is Fishing Trips it's a sick app you can get it on Google Play or on the uh, iOS app store and um, find yourself some buddies even if you're just getting started Um, don't go diving alone get the Fishing Trips app download it on Google Play or the iOS app store find yourself some new sparing buddies and get your mates onto it too with the Fishing Trips app Fish with precision and power sending shafts from a stable platform with kill shot spear guns made in the Florida Keys by Ed Martin. You're buying American made dependable spear guns, get $30 off. Any kill shot spear gun at killshot spear Yes, and amen, Nooba. That's $30 off American made performance spear guns at killshot spear It says if they're in the shop or on the phone, they can cash in by saying, Crikey, Nate, or the Noob Spiro podcast sent me. Check them out at killshot spear based in the Florida Keys. Good Bodies seem to be active too. Like if you're not, yeah, like you might be watching, you Thing, but then you, yeah, you're burlying, you're yep. also like stowing gear properly, yep. you're tidying stuff up, you might be fixing or re rigging guns. Definitely. You're still keeping an eye on your divers and staying in good proximity. Yep. And encouraging them herding sheep uh, yep. with the steel hull, as Trevor, <laughs> Trevor mentioned. I think they're all very quiet skills. I guess if they're not throwing fish over the side too, it means you're moving. Yeah. So when you're a boater, you should just about never be at rest, really.
1: No, no, definitely
8: not. I agree with that. Never sleep.
0: No, no, that's nothing worse sure. than when your
8: boatie falls asleep.
1: And it happens. i have bet it happened a couple yeah, of times. so yeah. often. But it is hard, like yeah, obviously it's not that hard, but
0: I pretty much wrote one guy off actually, and then I went out diving with him yeah. a month ago. Yeah. But he learned to start taking seasickness tabs and so he wasn't getting the drowsy effects. Because okay. when people get seasick, I think that's what makes them sleepy as well. But if you're falling asleep on a boat and you've yeah, got you three people hands in up. the water, yeah. No good. You tell them
1: you're not you can't be a boatie, really. <laughs> I think that's, that's where you get to that point where it's really your responsibility as a Bodie, as a person, just saying, no, nah, I, I, I can't do it right now. I need to sit down and have a breather. But, yeah, there's a lot to being a, a great Bodhi, But I think, yeah, that's where there's obviously a lot of sa- the, the safety side of things. And anyway, yeah, like you're saying, just people skills and having the whole team running smooth the whole day.
9: I think just learning to have the confidence to ask questions when you don't know so you rock up if it's someone else's boat. Oh, like, absolutely. You're not just trying to make the assumption that it's all going to be groovy. Um, I look at electrical panels with of switches and whatever those things are, and some are buttons, some are switches, some are labeled. I've been on boats that nothing's labeled whatsoever, and it, it's sure. fine to actually just stop before you even leave the harbor. You, you know, you're trolling out that five-knot zone usually, and you can ask those questions and just be clear.
1: Well, that's it. Yeah. And I think if someone does that on the boat, it's probably if you've got another two people who haven't been on that boat before,
9: they're probably thinking the same thing, but they just don't have the, yeah, to ask. the confidence. Yeah. So it's not just for you, it's for everyone, really. It's not for You're that assumption. Those I find a lot of boat owners don't really stop and, and communicate that. It's like, all right, boys, we're pumped. Let's go. And yep. so it's actually like, it's not the boat owner's responsibility 100%. If you don't understand, it's actually your responsibility just to like, Try them up and ask those questions and mm. didn't have the confidence to do that. No, I love it. Um, guys, there's going to be
0: a full video about this, uh, the Guide to Being a Good Bodie on the Adreno YouTube channel. So check that out because uh, we've shot some mad footage and uh, lots of lessons learned in a lot more concise format than you get on the, uh, the sloppy old Noob Spiro podcast with too <laughs> many Rumbos. Um, but <laughs> it's what you've come to expect, so it's what I deliver um but yeah no awesome chatting with you guys um i guess we wrap it out with like uh we've got a couple of days left um goals what would you guys like to achieve we'll start with amy and we'll go left from there
10: yeah i guess for me it's to actually come home with some fish that i've actually got myself like these trips are amazing because everyone kind of shares the fish evenly no matter what really at the end but just been nice to know that I'm not just mooching off everyone else, and I can contribute. Although I did uh, land ten squid last night; that was pretty oh, good. Hey, <laughs> no, one was Taylor's. It wasn't eleven. I'm an yeah, honest. Okay, <laughs> still ten. <laughs> but yeah, I was pretty happy that I think I hold the record so far for the trip. So, okay. yeah.
1: Um, look, I don't, yeah, I don't really have too many any expectations on the next few days. Just stay patient. Yeah, yeah, that would be, uh, I think that would be key for the next few days, but um, no, I think I'd just really like to get down to Lamont. <laughs> we're getting down to Lamont, which is, uh, yeah, I've shot some really nice fish there in the last few years, so there's a few haunts that I'm looking forward to seeing again, but um, yeah, no expectations. Definitely, mate.
9: <laughs> the next two days, I think we're heading into a lot of windy weather, so we're, we're kind of just holding out and seeing what's going to come.
0: It was supposed to be 25 so, knots to serve,
9: and we had glass out. Glass out. So we're going to see what happens. <laughs> but <laughs> if I could. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you were asking Mother
8: Nature. <laughs> Jamie, if you don't go, hey, universe,
6: you, you were please wrong. Me in the
8: ass?
0: <laughs> Hang on we're a, on a on sec the- here. You have your own superstitions, but not all of them stay true because you made a lot of eye contact me- with, me- me- with me yesterday while you were eating a banana. Deep throat. Yeah, I don't have a gag reflex. <laughs> <laughs>
8: makes diving much
0: easier. But bananas out on the boat, how yeah. do you feel about it? I feel
8: as long as they're being deep-throated,
0: it's fine. <laughs> 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 All right, so sorry, Luke, we interrupted you.
9: Yeah, if I could um, pick a species to add to the, the list here, it would be a coronation trout. So, I saw a couple today and, um, I actually saw a big one. It was swimming mid water. It's probably about five kilos, I'm guessing. And, um, I just kept on following it slowly, slowly. And it was, it was making distance, getting away from me. And I started grunting at it. And, um, it actually held up, went under this little reef and oh, sweet. So, I six meters of water, duck dive down to it, but I couldn't see it in the dark cave. So, I'm above it and, um, it came out, and I grunted at it again, and it'd go back in its hole. Oh, <laughs> i like, well. sick. This is good. I can breathe up. <laughs> and it came out again, and I grunt, and it'd go back in its hole. And um, But finally, it did come out, and it did make tracks. Um, but it was so big, it had a remora stuck to it.
7: Wow.
9: It was a gorgeous fish. So if I can get something like that, um, that definitely topped the trip. Just a bottom kilo carnation trout. Just. Just. Mm.
0: <laughs> I guess, like, I've only got a short list. Um, jobfish over five kilo, uh, red emperor would be good. A long nose emperor, trout over two. Uh, red throat emperor would be good. Um, uh, yeah, no, trout over, yeah, trout over three kilos. Like, I haven't shot one over three kilo this trip. No. Huh? No. Nah. Um, a jobfish over five, as I mentioned. Um, already sort of took the tuskies off. Happy not to shoot another one. I felt guilty, actually, the second one I shot. Just cause, uh... They were just stupid and. Yeah, like um, they just, I think they're a species that's vulnerable to spearfishing, you know, they're, they're just not smart. Um, and you feel terrible after a while. And how much black spot are you going to eat? I don't know. All of it. <laughs> I do like eating it too, but I've shot, I get both those fish, with, well, one of them was over four and the other one was over probably, definitely over five, maybe six kilo. By
8: tomorrow it will
0: be 12. Definitely, uh, definitely a double digits fish, yeah, 10 kilo, <laughs> 10.5, I think. Um, yeah, no, please, plenty of fish, but really just have a good time, relax, enjoy it. Um, so good not having social media or TV or...
8: Whilst we're making social media.
0: <laughs> this isn't social media, this is a podcast. Podcasts are pure. Social media is evil.
8: Sponsored by Adreno.
0: <laughs> 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 and Neptonics, and maybe Manscaped soon. And Old Man Blue. Old Man Blue. And Penetrator. Killshot.
8: And Kill Shot Spear
0: Guns. And Immersion Freediving. That's and um, how to That's another good one. And, and uh, did I mention Neptonics?
8: Submerged Psychos Wetsuit Wash p- Water. Wetsuit
6: Wash Water
0: and uh OnlyFans. only um, fans you don't know what you're in for trevor um I've
6: already got enough pictures of butt,
0: so oh 100% <laughs> that, that's limited edition stuff there we could make some cash out of this drummer. trev for you yeah, uh, two days really of diving to go what are you hoping to achieve you um I mean, you've, you're definitely like not up there in terms of abilities like the rest of us, um, so might be a real struggle for you. Um, how are you going to cope?
8: Oh, no, this trip's been pretty good. I've been lucky enough that Amy's been allowing me to use her big camera, and I'm spending a lot more time filming and getting to film other people, so it's been very enjoyable. It's a lot more exercise than I thought it would be, because you're trying to keep up with two divers worth of dives and pushing the camera. And just learning the framing, and it's just something new and interesting to do.
0: Cool. Any interesting fish you want to shoot? Uh, whatever one you're lining up on. <laughs> Are you going to do that to me?
8: Well, if we're in the same boat.
0: <laughs> You've put me onto a couple of fish in the last few days, so much appreciation as always, um, guys. Thanks for listening to the Noob Spirit podcast. I guess that's it for me today. We've wrapped out day three. I'm enjoying, looking forward to the next couple of days and a few more whiskeys, I think. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks for having us, mate. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye, Drew. I love you. Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to check out these uh, Capricorn Bunker group trips, again, go to adreno.com.au, check them out. I uh, highly recommend aboard the Eastern Voyager. Um, leaving out of Gladstone, it's probably one of the easiest sparing trips you'll do in terms of the logistics. All you've got to do is get there, and then you're aboard, a liveaboard boat, hot showers, hot meals, great people, uh, and dedicated spearing. It's 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 like the first time I did it, I was, I was apprehensive, Um uh, But jeepers, I've done it twice now. I can highly, highly recommend it. Check it out at adreno.com.au. Hey, we've got a compressed timeline coming up. 99 Sparrow Recipes is is live on Kickstarter as of the 7th of November 2021. And to celebrate that, I've got a bunch of awesome episodes coming up with some of the Sparrow Chef contributors. The first one is in one week's time with Spencer Allen. We talk all about some mad culinary stuff, but also Spencer's sparing journey, and it's a great chat with a great dude who um, I have personally found uh, really interesting to follow along with on his Instagram. So check that out next week. I'll see you back here. If, as usual, if you love the show, consider becoming a patron listener and leaving a review. Love it. Um, man, I'm busy, but super stoked, really enjoying what's happening in the Noob Sparrow community at the moment. Hope you guys can get aboard 99 Spare recipes. All right, catch you today's episode was an absolute banger and so is our major sponsor Adreno. Visit them at adreno.com.au They have a huge range of equipment. You can find it at adreno.com.au Use the code at checkout when you shop online. You can save $20 on every purchase over $200. You can even use that code in store at some of their huge mega stores Australia wide. Price be guarantee on any Australian spearfishing equipment price. Again, visit them at adreno.com.au Use the code NoobSpear. Neptonics was founded in 1996, making trigger mechs in a barn in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Solid gear that works was their founding principle, and it still rings true today in every pull of a Neptonics trigger, in every snap of a Neptonics band, and in every whiz of a Neptonics spear gun reel, singing with the power of another big fish. got a great deal. You can use the code NOOB10 to save 10% off anything and everything at neptonics.com it's solid gear that works equipment you can rely on save 10% off any order at neptonics.com when you use the code noob10 support for the noob spirit podcast is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world manscaped offer precision engineered tools for your family jewels Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawn Mower 4.0, all across Australia and New Zealand. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code NOBSPARO in one word, NOBSPARO, one word, at manscaped.com.